So we have been going through the life of Jesus Christ. When I say the life of Jesus Christ, I mean his life on earth, because as we know, Jesus is still alive today. Uh, but we've been going through his life on earth through the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as we've been going through his life, we've seen some pretty incredible things. Well, today we're going to talk about the last words of Jesus uh, before he would leave the earth and he actually ascends to heaven. And so when somebody is giving their last words, you want to listen carefully. You know when you're like watching a movie and like someone's like about to die and they're like, I want to tell you these last words. The treasure is buried in my backyard under my gnome of a leprechaun. Ugh, and they die. And then that's like, you know, it's an important last words if somebody is like, you know, leaving and like, I'll never see you again, but I want you to know I love you a lot. Like super, super duper a lot. It's not sounding as good as I mean for it to sound, but I love you as much as Pop-Tarts. Cinnamon, brown cinnamon Pop-Tarts. That's how much. Goodbye. I mean, that, that's like a, you know, a momentous thing, like the last thing. Well, Jesus is giving his last speech or last command to his disciples, and it comes out, and we've, we've named this last bit, of, or last command, I should say, the Great Commission. Everybody say, the Great Commission. And the Great Commission, again, uh, is the last charge that Jesus will give. So let's read here uh, in the passage. And again, just a quick recap. Jesus earlier had uh, died, been crucified for the sins of the world. He had risen from the dead three days later after being dead. And for 40 days, he has traveled around and shown himself to over 500 different people. And they have seen that Jesus is, in fact, alive. So here we are. We're going to meet with Jesus and his disciples in verse 16. It says... Then the twelve disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some still doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. Everybody say go. Go, go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, everybody say lo. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. So we read Jesus' last words, and I want us to pick them apart a little bit and break it down. And I love what happens right after this. After Jesus shares his final great commission to his disciples, we learn in another gospel that it says that Jesus ascends to heaven. It literally means that Jesus floats or flies up to heaven. Guys, Jesus can fly. How cool is that? Now, this has nothing to do with what I'm about to get into for the sermon, so I'm just going to take a side note, okay? And I'm going to tell you something that Barrett thinks. Now, this is not proven in the Bible. This is not entirely truth. This is just what I think. This is Barrett's opinion. You guys understand the difference? So this is not... Bible, this is Barrett's opinion, okay? Now, we know for a fact, the Bible does say that Jesus could fly, that Jesus could literally teleport places, literally, like, just teleport places. He appeared in a locked room, just appeared. So that's true. But this is what Barrett thinks. Barrett thinks, or we, we know, that when we get to heaven, we get a brand new body. We get what's called a glorified body, okay? We know that. And I think, Barrett thinks, that when we're in heaven, we'll, one, recognize each other, 
Because the disciples are like, hey, that's Jesus. They recognized him when they saw him, okay? So I think in heaven, everybody will be recognizable to each other. It won't be like, oh, who are you? Oh, I'm Phil. I knew a Phil once. What's your life? It won't be like that. We'll know each other. And then also, this is what Barry thinks, okay? I think that we'll have the same bodies like Jesus did. Meaning that I think we'll be able to teleport in our new bodies in heaven. I believe it, okay? I think we'll be able to be like, hey, I'm going to go to the cafeteria of heaven. Oh, forgot my wallet. Oh, wait, everything's free in heaven. Back to the cafeteria. I think it'll be able to happen, okay? I also think that because we see Jesus ascend, fly to heaven. I think we will be able to fly in heaven, okay? And it won't be because we have wings, because Jesus didn't have wings. We're not angels, okay? We're not going to become angels when we go to heaven. That's not true. When we go to heaven, I think we'll be able to fly because Jesus could fly in a glorified body. And because I want to believe it. Because how cool is flying? Like, who doesn't want to fly? Even if somebody's like, oh, I'm afraid of heights. Don't tell me you don't want to levitate a little bit. Like, and just like, you know, float over the water or over the ground. That'd be so cool. So I believe that we'll be able to fly in heaven. And it will be incredible. Because I think God put the desire of our hearts to fly. And I think he just wants to give it to us. And again... I just want to believe it. Okay, back to our study. That was just Barrett ranting about what he thinks. This is back to the Bible here. So uh, Jesus speaks and he starts off and he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on the earth. Basically, Jesus starts off and he goes, Look, now that I have conquered death, now that I have conquered sin, I have authority, meaning I have the power over everything in heaven and everything on earth. That should encourage us, one, to listen to Jesus and his words and his command that he's about to give, but two, to not be afraid. Because if Jesus is with us, we don't need to be afraid of Satan and all the demons. We don't need to be afraid of any persecution or hardship on this earth because we have God who is with us. And he's like, yo, I'm in charge of everything, so I got your back. You're good. He continues, and he says, go. Everybody say, go. Go, therefore. When he says go, he's saying there's action to it. you got to do something. I'm not telling you to sit. I'm not telling you to stay. I'm telling you to go and do what I'm about to tell you. He says, go, therefore, take action and make disciples of all nations. What nations? All nations. Not just some nations, not just some people, not certain people, all people. A couple months ago, we talked about how Jesus is for everyone. Jesus came to the earth for anyone who would hear the message of salvation through Jesus Christ and believe and repent of their sins. Jesus is not for certain nations, not for certain races, not for certain people who are good morally. Jesus is for anybody who would believe. And that's who he came to the earth for. So we should, when we preach the gospel or when we tell people about Jesus, he's saying, listen, guys, don't just tell some people about Jesus. Tell everybody from every nation. As he continues, he says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you remember, we talked about baptism before. How when somebody becomes a Christian, Jesus instructs them to go through publicly proclaiming their faith in Jesus through baptism, which is being uh, put underwater and brought out of the water. Baptized under the water and brought out of it. And that is publicly telling people, hey, once... I was dead in my sin, which is going under the water, but I have been now raised to life through faith in Jesus Christ. I am now alive because of Jesus, spiritually alive. He continues and he says, what you should do is also 
teach them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. He says, guys, what you should tell them is not just that I died for their sins and that they believe in me, they can be saved. Also tell them everything that I taught you. Some of the things Jesus taught was to love your neighbor as yourself. Tell other people that. Tell people that they should speak the truth with their words and not speak lies. Tell people that they should serve others as if they're serving themselves. Put other people before themselves. Make sure you share that with people. The things that I have taught you, now go and teach others and have them to follow it. And he continues, or I should say finishes, and he goes, and lo, I love that it says that, and lo, it kind of sounds just so formal. Like, I don't know, like, how cool would it be to just start talking kind of like that? Like, your mom's like, hey, hey, where are the Cornish Doritos? And you go, and lo, they are in the pantry, mother. She'll be like, weirdo, okay, thanks. Or, I don't know, sometimes I like to talk formal or like in the third person. Or like my roommate will be like, hey, Barrett, what are you going to do for breakfast? Barrett will make eggs, and lo, they will be good and tasty. Like sometimes, I don't know, I talk uh, fancy. But Jesus goes, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And that should be encouraging that Jesus is beside us, present with us at all times, always, even to the end of the world. So we hear this. Jesus gives this command. He says, go, tell people, not just some people, tell everybody of all nations about me that they can uh, believe in me. And if they believe in me and repent of their sins, they can be saved and go to heaven forever. Amen. And tell them also to follow my teachings that I taught to you and know that as you go, I am with you. That's kind of the great commission and what Jesus charged his disciples with. But he didn't just charge these 11 people with this commandment. He charged his disciples. Somebody raise their hand and tell me, what does Christ follower mean? I'm sorry, what is, I just gave you the answer. Darn it. I was going to say, what does Christian mean? And you were supposed to say Christ follower. Well, what does Christian mean? Okay, I gave you the answer. Christ follower, right? It means somebody who follows Christ. So if somebody is following Christ, they are a disciple of Christ. They're learning the way that he lived and we're following in his footsteps. So we are all disciples of Jesus. Which means this great commandment, this great teaching, is not just for these 11 people. This great teaching is for all of us. We should follow this command to go and make disciples of others, of all nations. And we should have them be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we should know that Jesus is with us even to the end of the age. Basically, Jesus has given us a command to go and tell people about Him. He's given us a command. Now, this command is not just to pastors like me. It's not just to people who are called missionaries who go overseas and preach to people in other countries. This command is given to every person in this room that will call themselves a Christian. Every person in this room that says they follow Jesus should also follow his command here that we should tell people the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now you might be like, whoa. I'm supposed to tell people about Jesus? Like, where do I even start? How do I do that? Why should I do that? We're going to break it down a little bit. The, The reason, first off, that we should follow this command is number one because jesus told us to it's 
pretty good reason, right? Jesus said, hey, I want you to go do this. I'm commanding you to do it. Jesus has all authority. So I'm like, okay, Jesus, you tell me. I do. That's how it works. And we go, and we should do as Jesus commanded us to do. Another reason is because if we love people, why would we not share with them about Jesus? Let me explain. Let's say you and your friends get trapped on a desert island. Okay, you're maybe some of your best friends, and you're trapped on a desert island. And you go off to look for some firewood or something. You guys haven't eaten in days. You're tired. You're exhausted. You're hot. And as you're looking for some firewood, you stumble upon a resort. You're like, oh, what in the world? And there's literally like a hotel, and there's like a, a five guys in the hotel, and there's a Chick-fil-A in the hotel, and they're like roasting food. And they're like, oh, hey, you want some of this? And like... Yes, and then there's a pool when you dive in and it's crystal clear and cool water and you're so relaxed and refreshed and they have nice towels. And you're like, oh, towels, I forgot about this. Wow, deodorant, oh, this is great. Some of you don't use it, but anyway, moving on. You know, you're so refreshed by this lovely resort and you go to a hotel room and you're like, oh, Wi-Fi, how I missed you. And you're back to Wi-Fi, right? And you're, you're so happy, right? What would be the meanest thing you could possibly do to your friends? Not tell them. Be like, oh man, I'm just, this couch is so comfortable and sitting here by the pool with suntan lotion and Chick-fil-A brought to me and milkshakes. I, I just can't move to go back to tell my friends. You would be evil, okay? And if your friends found you, they would probably slap you. Like, you knew about this hotel for months? Yeah, I've been chilling here. We thought you died in the wilderness. Now nah, I've just been chilling here watching Wi-Fi, or watching Wi-Fi, <laughs> watching TV, chilling. I had to catch them on my Netflix. They'd be like, whack, you're terrible. If you love your friends, you care about your friends, you're going to tell them about the Chick-fil-A cookie dough milkshakes, or cookies and cream, sorry, milkshakes that are waiting for them. You're going to go back and be like, guys, you won't believe this. There's a hotel. It's free. Everything is free, free, free. There's Wi-Fi. I forgot what it was like to just surf. And then there's Instagram. I started an Instagram page called Tropical Paradise. It's wonderful. Follow me. And some of them would be like, no, nope, some mirage. And then maybe some of them would follow you. But at least you could say, I told you guys about it. Join me in this lovely, wonderful experience. Well, ladies and gentlemen, those of us that are Christians have found a beautiful thing. For when we die, we know that we will go to paradise. We will be in heaven forever with God. And we know that the only way you can get to heaven is by believing in Jesus, saying, I believe that there was Jesus, that he was God's son, and that he died for my sins and rose again. Believing, but also saying, and I, I repent of my sins. I realize I have sinned, I have done wrong, and I'm sorry. That's what it means to repent, to admit you are wrong and to have forgive, or desire forgiveness in your heart for your sin. In that moment, you're a Christian, meaning you're, not, you're going to go to heaven, you're going to spend eternity with God, and you're not going to do the opposite. For if someone does not believe in Jesus, and if someone does not repent of their sins, and they're not a Christian, they will spend eternity separated from God in hell. And hell is a horrible place, because you are separated from God forever. There is eternal pain, eternal suffering, and it's a terrible existence. And it's eternal, meaning never-ending. I want you to realize that if people don't get saved, if they don't believe in Jesus, we need to remember 
consequences of that. They will be separated from God and separated from us forever. And you might be thinking, man, Barry, that's, that's kind of harsh. That's kind of intense. Well, guys, that's the consequence of sin. But it doesn't have to be that way. You see, we have the opportunity to share with people the good news that they can go to heaven forever. They can avoid hell. And this is good news. This isn't sad news. So the good news is we get to share with people. You can avoid what is coming. You can join me in paradise. We should share with people because we love them enough to tell them that there's another way. There's only one way to heaven. And you don't have to be cast down, separated from God forever. And if we love them, we will share with them. There was an atheist and evangelist talking in England. And the atheist was uh, in prison. uh, And he was about to be executed. And the evangelist was sharing with him the gospel. And as he's sharing with him about Jesus... The inmate, or the atheist, says, I don't believe it. The evangelist goes, why not? And he goes, because I've known people my whole life that call themselves Christians. And I have never heard what you just told me about Jesus, about repentance, about believing in Him, heaven and hell. I've never heard it from them. And if I believed what you just told me, that people would go to hell if they didn't know this, and people would go to heaven if they did, I would crawl on my hands and knees through shards of glass to every person that I could find, if I had to, in England, and tell them about Jesus. Because this is too big of a deal to not tell them. So I don't believe it. Because if people really believed it, they would stop at nothing to tell the people around them. I ask you, and I know this is heavy, how many people do you know that aren't Christians? How many people do you walk by in the hallways of Smarts Mill and Simpson and Harmony? How many people do you play softball with or do you go to chorus with or play on a basketball team with that don't know the truth that if they believe in Jesus and repent of their sins, they can go to heaven. And if they don't, they will be separated from God forever. How many people know that that you know? How many people don't? I hope there's this burden created in your heart. This, this, this burden that, wow, I love these people. They matter to me. And because I, they matter to me, I want to tell them about Jesus. I want them to know there is a way to be saved. And it's Jesus and nothing else. Out of our love for people, that should compel us to action. I remember I was sharing with somebody about Jesus once. And they got angry at me. And I'm like, why are you angry? And they go, why, why are you telling me about this hell place? That doesn't sound great. Why would you tell me that, that evil thing, that terrible thing? And I said, dude, if, if I didn't tell you, I would be evil. If I didn't warn you about the danger, that would be terrible for me to not tell you. How bad would a doctor be if they went to somebody and they go, hey, um, you know, you're totally fine, you're healthy, everything's going to be good, just go home and enjoy your life. And the truth is the doctor knew that they had a deadly disease and they were going to die. You'd be like, that's a terrible doctor. He should tell them the news that they're sick. Well, somebody else might say, well, you know, you'd ruin their day if you told them they were sick. Who cares? They need to get the help that they need. It doesn't matter if you ruin their day because they need to get better. 
And they won't get better unless they know that they're sick. So tell them that they're sick. Tell them that there's a problem. Tell them that there's a danger for their eternal soul so that they will see a need to repent of their sins and believe in Jesus. Now, I'm not saying we need to be doom and gloom and tell people they're going to hell or, or yell at people in a mean way, but we need to warn them. Warn them of what happens if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We should tell people because Jesus told us to and because we love them and we want to warn them. And not just because we love them, we tell them because you know we don't want them to suffer, but because we want them to experience the same joy that we have. When you find something good or exciting or joyful, you share it with people. You don't keep it to yourself. You share it. Let's say, and I've said this example before, but I just love this example. You go to a place called Melt, and there is a burger there, which is right down the street, actually. There is a burger there that is so beautiful. So, so soft are the buns that caress the, the insides of it, that they're just covered in butter and it just drips off and it's flaky yet crusty yet soft all at the same time. And there's lettuce that's been picked from almost the Garden of Eden and laid on there. And, and it's been laid onto a piece of meat. So sweet, so soft, so tender. And cheese has been put on it as smooth as Frank Sinatra himself. And it's got this zesty flavor to it that you bite into and you go, yeah. And like literally with your mouth full, you can't help but go, oh, yeah. As you're chewing, okay? And it's gone. And you're like, no, I need more. And you go back and you want a second and a third burger. And then the people there are working like, sir, excuse me, you've had three burgers. I'm worried about your health. And you go, please, a fourth one. I need more, okay? And you go to school the next day. You tell people. You go, bro. And they're like, whoa, hey, I'm afraid. Listen, okay? Listen. Go to Melt. Leave school right now. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. I don't care, okay? Go and eat this burger, and it will change your life. Why do you want them to eat the burger? Because you experienced it. It is good. Super good. And you want them to experience it. It is good. So that they might share in the joy that you have. If you go see a movie... And you go into school the next day, you're like, bro. And they're like, whoa, hey, you're going to stop grabbing my collar and freaking me out. Bro, listen. And they're like, okay, bro, I'm afraid. Listen, okay, I saw this movie. And it's the best movie I've ever seen. I laughed. Then I cried. Then I laughed, cried. Then I laughed, snot came out my nose, and I cried again. And then I laughed about the snot down my nose, okay? It was so emotionally changing. Then I'm not the same person I was. Go see this movie. I'm like, what's it called? Frozen. No, I'm kidding, okay? But you're like, listen, I saw this movie. It was awesome, okay? You have got to see this movie. And why do you want them to see the movie? So that when they see you again, you can both go, let it go. No, you want them to see it so that you can share in the joy of that movie. So you can quote the same movie to each other. You can be like, that was amazing. That one part with Olaf and he did the thing. You want to share with them. In the beauty or the wonder or the awesomeness of what you both experience. So guys, if we know Jesus, if we talk to God every day, if we're going to go to heaven and be with him forever, why would you not want to share in that joy with somebody else? I want to be in heaven and see my bro and be like, bro! And be like, dude, this heaven place? Off the hook. I mean, it's like perfect. Oh wait, it's God. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I want to share with somebody else. 
the beauty of who God is and experience that joy. But do oh, you know that worship song? I know that worship song. I sing at church. I mean, I want to I experience that with somebody else. I want to be like, hey, dude, what's your favorite book? Oh, me too. The Bible. I, I want to share that with somebody. But guys, if we claim to be Christians and know who God is and know the joy of what it is to go to heaven one day, why don't we share with people? Why would we keep it to ourselves and deny the people around us the opportunity to know about it? Why? I think if we're honest with ourselves, the reason is because we're afraid at times. We're afraid that if we tell people, they might think we're weird. We're afraid if we tell people we won't know enough about the Bible or debate good enough, or they might ask us a question we don't know and we get afraid. We don't tell people because we think they might think we're weird and not want to be our friend, and we're afraid of losing the friendship over that. I would rather lose a friendship trying to save a friend's life then keep a friendship and know that they are going to be doomed. I would rather have a friend who cared about me enough to give up our friendship even if it meant saving our life, my life. I would want a friend who would be willing to risk being thought of as weird or awkward because they cared about saving my life. Why wouldn't we want to be that kind of friend. So what if people think we're crazy? I'm trying to save their life. I don't care if they think I'm insane. And some people won't believe. It doesn't matter that you told them. And that's okay. Keep being friends with them. You can keep loving that person. You don't have to every time you see them be like, Jesus, 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 deal with it, deal with it, pray. Pray and like, no, 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 no. They don't do it every time. But just one time be able to say in your conscience, I told that person and I love them enough to tell them. And now... Let God work. Sometimes you share with people, and they go, no. And they say, no. But later in their life, they might become a Christian. And because of what you said. So we should share in that joy and want to share with other people about Jesus. Now, how do we share? You're like, okay, Barrett, so let's say I want to share with people that I care about. How, how do I do that? What does it even look like? I'm not a pastor. I don't get up and preach. Like, what, what does it look like? Well, a couple ways you can do it. One... You can just tell people. You can just tell people. I was talking to a middle school girl, and she was sharing uh, about sharing with a friend about Jesus. She was like, I was at a sleepover, and it was late at night. We were both getting tired, and I really wanted to go to sleep, but she wouldn't stop talking. And she asked me this question. I think it was about evolution. And I'm like, ugh, I just want to sleep. But I could talk to her about Jesus. And so she goes, okay, well, I'll tell you what I believe. And so she shared what she believed about God. And her friend had questions. And she's like, well, here's what I believe. I believe this about God. I believe that Jesus was the Son of God, and I believe you can go to heaven if you believe in Him. And her friend's like, huh. And so later, she invited her friend to church. Her friend came to church, heard more about Jesus. But it just started with her talking to her friend about what she believed. Now, I know that sounds intimidating because, like, well, I don't have all the answers. But it's okay. If you know the answer, give it. And if you're like, you know what? I don't know that answer. That's okay. Tell them you'll look it up. And go to gotquestions.org and look it up. Or ask me and maybe I can help you. 
It's okay to not have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But I share to the best of my ability with somebody about what I believe. And I'll tell you, one of the best things that I like to do when I share with people about Jesus is I ask them, hey, what do you believe? Where do you believe life came from? What do you believe will happen after you die? Then I say, here's what I believe. And I share what I believe. You can just tell people, point blank, what it is they should do to be saved and who Jesus is with your words. The next thing you can do is you can invite them to church. Invite them here. Maybe you're a friend and you came with your friend because they're like, hey, come to church with me. You should check it out. And maybe you're not a Christian. Great. Your friend loves you enough to tell you about this stuff. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Okay? And it means you got a friend who actually cares enough about you to want to share this good news of who Jesus is with you and for you to know that you can be saved. You should be thankful you got a good friend. But we can bring our friends to church that they might hear the good news of the Bible, that they might hear about Jesus. They might experience what we do every Sunday when we worship and when we read the Bible. And they might come to know the God that we know. Bring your friends to church. I had one person who was like, yeah, my friend doesn't like the idea of going to church. Okay, bring them to a game night that we have every, every Wednesday, last Wednesday of the month. Or bring them to our girls' night you know, be like, hey, come have pancakes and pajamas, and then we talk about Jesus. I'm in. That sounds great. Except don't invite your dude friends, because you can't. But, you know, invite your girls to that, and invite your dude friends to guys' night. It's a fun night. Be like, yo, want to have nine pounds of raw bacon and then hear about Jesus? I'd be more inclined to say yes if I wasn't a Christian, if I heard there's bacon involved. That's great. Invite your friends. Then the third way we can share the gospel with them is through the way that we live. Through the way that we live. You see, we can live our lives in a way that shares with people that we are different. One of, the, one of the saddest things I think you can hear from somebody, if they say to you, or you say to them, hey, I'm a Christian, or they find out that you're a Christian, and if somebody says to you, huh, I didn't know that, that surprises me. That's sad because at some point I would hope that we would share that we're a Christian. And I think it's even worse if they are surprised, like, really, you're a Christian? You do the same things I do. You speak the same way I do. You, you watch the same movies that I do. You, you know, we, we talk about the same things and you make the same jokes that I do, really. You dress the same way that I do. Uh, you you kind of act teachers and treat teachers the same way that I do. Treat other people, I, I guess we're really not that different. What a sad thing. I would rather hear when I tell somebody, yeah, I'm a Christian. I want them to say, oh, that makes sense. They're like, yeah, I kind of knew that. I kind of guessed that. Because we're different. Because your friend's like, yeah, you know, you treat people a little bit differently than others. And yeah, I, I've kind of noticed that you do this thing like every Sunday you're like not able to hang in the morning. And it's like, oh, okay, I kind of get that. And yeah, you're always carrying that book around, reading it, the, the Bible. Yeah, I know you read that a lot. I know, like, you know, that's a good thing if people recognize it about you. And the way that we live should be in a way where people almost ask us, hey, so you, you like, love people that are really mean to you. Like, why? And you go, let me tell you why, Jesus. And you share with them. Or, you know, people are like, hey, what? 
why don't you want to watch this movie? Like, all of us are down to watch a movie. You're not in. Like, what's the deal? Like, well, well, I have a love for Jesus. And you share with them then. I hope that the way we live our lives is an example to people of the thing, and I'm sorry, not the thing, of the Savior that we believe in, Jesus Christ. I hope that that's the case. And I hope that our very lives are preaching a news that we are different than the world and we are new creations because of Jesus and are a way in which we can share with others. I want to share these two parting thoughts with you. I hope that you feel a, a, a weight for those of the people in your life that might not be Christians. I want to share this first thought and, and ask the thought that there is nothing on this earth that you can do that will last forever apart from God. You can be famous, maybe even be president one day, but one day your name will be forgotten in history and no one will know you existed on the earth. You can build an empire, but one day that empire will crumble. You can build a pyramid, hoping people will remember you by your pyramid, but one day that pyramid will crumble into oblivion and be forgotten. But if you want to change eternity, you want to do something that will have ripple effects that will last to the end of the age, if you tell one person about Jesus and they believe, you tell just one person about Jesus and they believe, when you get to heaven, there will be one more voice singing in heaven that wouldn't have been there before. There will be one more face in eternity that wasn't going to be there before. And God will have used you to change the landscape of what heaven will look like forever. And there will be one less person that will be separated from God forever because God used you. That is something worth changing. That is something worth working towards. We need to go into all the world and tell all nations about what they can experience with God. And I'll close with this story. There was a man named Joseph who went to a Billy Graham rally and shared his testimony with some who wrote it down to keep record of it. The man's name was Joseph and he was a Maasai warrior uh, from Africa and he was a part of a tribe. And one day as he was walking the streets, he had gone into a bigger town uh, to gather some supplies and when he was there, he encountered a missionary who shared with him the love of Jesus Christ and Joseph heard it and immediately he was convicted, and he became a Christian. He was so transformed by this that, that hearing this news, he wanted to share it with his hometown. So he left the city and went back to his hometown. And he was excited to share it with people. Hey, guys, we know what happens after we die. We can go to heaven forever. Believe in Jesus, repent of your sins, and be saved. And so he begins to knock on doors of his hometown and tell people this good news. But as he goes door to door, he gets one slammed in his face after another. And people are not joyful. They don't light up at this news. They actually get angry with him. And begin to tell him to shut up and to stop sharing. But he continues and he continues to a point where the town gets so angry at him that they won't take it anymore. 
a, a crowd forms, a riot forms. They drag him into the city square, the village square, and they begin to beat him severely. And they beat him so severely that he passes out and becomes unconscious. And they drag him outside the city limits and they leave him by a well. Joseph awakes, becomes conscious again. And he begins to think, did, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Why, why are they not reacting? And Joseph could have gone on to another town, or he could have left, or he could have at least stayed in the town and not said anything, but he was so burdened, it was so heavy in his heart that he wanted the people that he loved and knew to hear this news about Jesus and be saved, that he got himself back up, propped himself back up, limped back into the town, began to knock on the same doors and tell people, hey, Jesus Christ is Lord, you've got to believe in Him. This, this is important, this matters, you've got to hear it. And they again grew angry and tired of him. So they dragged him again into a town. This time they were even angrier. And it says that some of the crowd took barbed wire and began to whip him with the barbed wire that they found. And they cut him open. And the same bruises that had just begun to heal were now covering up and torn open again. They dragged him outside of the city even further this time and left him this time not near a well but to die. Joseph again awoke. And he again propped himself back up. And he again went back into the city. And before he even opened his mouth this time, they grabbed him, furious at him. And all he could manage to get out was, Jesus Christ is Lord. And for a third and possibly final time, he began to close his eyes as he began to pass out from the pain of being unconscious. But the last thing that he saw before he passed out was the very people that were beating him, crying. He awoke in his own bed of his own home, because again, this was his hometown. And taking care of him and tending to his wounds were the very people that had just beaten him. And when he had gotten his strength up, they asked him, Joseph, tell us. Tell us about this Jesus, because apparently it's really important to you. Apparently you were willing to be beaten and to die just so we could hear this message. So whatever you got to say, tell us. We're going to listen. We just want to hear it out. Because it matters to you. Because you care about this so much. What is it you need us to know? And he shares the gospel message. And much of the town is saved and become Christians. When Joseph enters into heaven, he now will be able to be beside the very people of his hometown, worshiping God forever. Amen. Because he would not quit on them. Because he looked at them and said, you matter so much to me. That I would die just that you might hear this message. That I don't care what you think, I don't care what you do to me, I need you to hear this because this matters, it's important. Might we have the same heart? There are people in your schools, maybe even people in your own home that don't know Jesus. Pray for them. Maybe you're saying, Barrett, I've been telling people that I love for a long time about Jesus and they don't believe. Pray harder. Make a list. I talked to you about before about my most wanted list. I have a list of people that I most want to be saved. And I write their names down. And every once in a while, I get to cross a name off that list. Because I know they're going to heaven. 
because I get to either pray with them or hear that they have prayed to be a Christian. And I rejoice over that name, but then there are more names on there to put on that list. Make a list of people in your life that you want to be a Christian, that you know and you love, and you know that they're not going to heaven, and that you have a burden for, and share with them if need be. Share with them, because they matter to you regardless of the consequences, regardless of what might happen. Care enough about somebody to tell somebody. Care enough about somebody to tell them the greatest news, the greatest joy, the greatest hope that they can know in Jesus Christ. Obey Jesus as he tells us to tell others. Experience that joy and then share it with other people. Love people by telling them the good news that they might be saved from their impending doom and have life eternal with Jesus Christ forever. If you love somebody, tell somebody. Let's pray.